Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. Okay, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, I think we're on the, uh, the next, there we go. So, the drash today is going to be on uh, an exchange that Yeshua had with the uh, chief priests and the scribes and the elders in Luke 20, um, we'll read it together, uh, where they asked him the question, by what authority? So I'm going to take a look at this, let's delve into this together. So first let's start by, uh, let's read what they had to say and uh, the exchange that took place, and then we'll, we'll dive in. So on one of these days, sorry, on one of the days, while he was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders confronted him. So they came to him, they spoke, saying to him, tell us by what authority you are doing these things, and who, or who is the one who gave you this authority? Kind of a two-part question here. By what authority are you doing these things while Yeshua is teaching in the temple uh, and preaching the gospel? And, or who uh, is the one who gave you this authority? And then we want to look at Yeshua's response in verse 3. Yeshua answered and said to them, I will also ask you a question. And you tell me, was the immersion of Yochanan from heaven or from men? They reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us to death, for they are convinced that Yochanan was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Yeshua said to them, Nor will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And so... On the next slide, there's a ton here. We could we could spend an enormous amount of time delving into this, and uh, hopefully over our lifetimes we will. But for the purpose of today, I wanted to ask three questions. Can we agree to go together and ask three questions of this, and see how this applies to our lives? The first question I want to ask is, uh, with this question, by what authority? When Yeshua was confronted, or when they came to him and asked him this question. And the way that he dealt with it, the way he handled it, was Yeshua dismissive? That's the first question I want to ask. And then, as we consider that, uh, I think that we, we need to ask ourselves a question. Was the question that they came at him with, was it legitimate? I mean, was it a real question? And that will help us uh, understand both Yeshua's answer, and it will help us understand the final point that I'd like us to consider, which is, how does this question apply to us today? How do we bring this into our modern culture and context, uh, which is obviously very different uh, than, you know, temple Judaism in the time of Yeshua? So, for part one, was Yeshua dismissive? And I've broken this uh, into two questions. It's the way I think about it. There's other ways you could approach this. But I think of this in two separate questions uh, that come together. The first is, did Yeshua answer the question? As people come to him, and the people that came to him, they're not nobodies. He's in the temple. These are the people who are the authorities in the temple. It's essentially their temple, right? 
And uh, they're the ones who have authority to teach there. They're the ones who are ordained. They're the ones who've studied. They're the ones who've been recognized by everyone uh, as the legitimate leaders in this place. And Yeshua shows up in this place, and they say, hey, we're going to ask this guy why he's here. So they do that. They say, you know, by what authority are you doing these things? Who's the one who gave you this authority? And so the first question I had is, did Yeshua actually answer their question? And then if he did, which I assume he did, because it says, and Yeshua answered, uh, was his answer dismissive? And so when we look at the exchange, the exchange ends uh, with these words, by Yeshua, nor will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And I think it's easy for us in our modern context to look at that and say, oh, Yeshua basically just told us guys, take a hike. I don't care for your question. Who are you to question me? I'm not going to answer you. But I'd like to challenge that assumption. I feel like that's actually us projecting our culture and maybe the way that we're used to dealing with, the, with things on our master, who's actually very, very different, and we need to learn from him. So, if we go to the next slide, this is what actually Yeshua answered uh, before that part. He said, uh, he, answer, he answered the question with the question. He said, was the immersion of Yochanan from heaven or from men? And I think it's really clear from the context that his question back to them was really, really an effective answer because they got the point. They understood his answer. They said, well, if we say from heaven, then he's going to say, why did you not believe Yochanan? Right? Yochanan was the witness. He was the one who came before to prepare the way of the Lord. And he said, what did Yochanan say? He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it seems like these men were actually aware of that. Because Yeshua, they, this is them, themselves, uh, reasoning among themselves, they're going to say, Yeshua's going to tell us, why did you not believe him? So they were aware of his testimony. Uh, which actually makes this a, a really, really interesting response. It's a fascinating response if we dig into it and think of what Yeshua did here. So these guys, they come up to Yeshua, these men, who have authority, and who are respected, and who are recognized, uh, but they don't want to, to trust in Yeshua. They're not coming to ask him this question uh, in the sense of, we want to believe you, and we just, we're just making really sure that you're legitimate. Are you or are you not legitimate? And I think about uh, what Yeshua said to us. He said, you know, if they treated the master this way, they're going to treat the disciples that way as well, right? They're going to treat the followers. And we're his followers, so we need to think about this because it's the same way the world's going to challenge us as well. People are going to come, uh, as we try to engage with them, which hopefully we will, and they're going to come and they're going to ask us questions. And a lot of times the question's not going to sound very... Uh, I mean, it's going to be kind of a, a, an angled question, right? Where they're trying to back you into a corner. I mean, the purpose of them saying, by what authority did you do this, or are you doing this, is to say, you don't have our authority to do this. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. So they're not really asking the question like, you know, hey, by the way, uh, who gave you this authority? You know, can you give us an address or an email or something so we can check this out? They're saying, you don't have authority to do this. But they're saying it in a question. But the interesting thing is that Yeshua, he takes this question... And he engages with them, and he brings it right down to the level of where their hearts are at. And he actually reveals to them their own hearts. Right? And he says, was the immersion of Yochanan from heaven or from men? And so it's interesting, because Yeshua not only takes the question and he answers it, 
But he frames the question. He frames their question. So they ask him, by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? Right? That's their question. Meaning, you don't have authority and you shouldn't be doing these things. But Yeshua brings it back and he actually frames their question with his own question. And he says, look, Yochanan was out there. He was preaching uh, this immersion, uh, this repentance uh, immersion of repentance. And when he did that, and while he was doing that, where did he get his authority? Oh, and by the way, there's two options. There's two possibilities. I'm going to frame this for you. I'm not going to just leave it open. It either came from heaven, or it came from man. Now which one is it? And that immediately revealed these men, uh, their hearts. And so it's actually an interesting response. And it's an interesting response uh, that we need to learn to emulate. If we go to the next slide, we're admonished to do some things in the scriptures. And if we look at Yeshua, we learn how to do these things uh, if we really seek. And one of the things that we're told to do uh, by Shaul, who's known as Paul commonly, uh, says that we should be speaking the truth in love. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. We're not supposed to avoid the truth. We're not supposed to avoid engaging uh, in conversation regarding the truth. But we're supposed to be speaking the truth. And we're supposed to be doing it in a heart that's filled with love. And it's that it's the two parts together that are effective. It's both the love that says, I care about you. I don't want to shut you down. I don't want to shut you out. I don't want to make you go away. But I also want you to know the truth. I want you to know the truth. I want you to become aware of it, and I hope, my hope for you is that when you become aware of the truth, you'll repent, and you'll recognize who God is and what He has for you, and you'll receive His grace and His love, and you'll be born again. And so that's, the, that's what Yeshua is doing with these men. In fact, He's not just doing it with these men. His answer is interesting because His answer actually impacted all of the people who were there. A lot of the people who were there, they actually were there because they legitimately wanted to listen to Yeshua. So Yeshua's in the temple, and he's speaking, and all these people are gathered there, and these are, many of these people had heard uh, Yochanan's ministry. So they were very familiar with the whole context here, and now they're with Yeshua, and they're listening to him, and they're trying to learn from him, and they know he's some kind of prophet, he's some kind of man from God, he's something special, he's something different. And then these leaders come, these men of, of esteem, these men of power, uh, who are, are really, in, 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 for the most part, uh, very dismissive of Yeshua. For the most part, they're, they're even envious, actively envious of him. There's some exceptions. Some of them do receive him, as we've seen uh, Nicodemus and others. But for the most part, there's kind of an attitude of this guy's a, he's, he's trouble for us, right? And so when, when they engage with Yeshua, the same way the world's going to engage with us, a lot of times the engagement is, you know, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to take you out. And so it's interesting to think, how did the master deal with that in the context of not only dealing with those men in their heart, but also with the other people who came, who, for the most part, again, not, I'm generalizing, not every individual, but for the most part, came to actually hear him. And by saying to them, hey, the immersion from Yochanan, was it from heaven or from men? And, and causing everyone to realize in that framing that there's two possibilities. Either God is doing something, and you should be part of it, and you should be listening to it. 
or this is from men, and therefore it's not something that you should care about. It's not something that you should hold on to. It's not something that you should trust in. Yeshua is actually ministering to everyone there at the same time. And the leaders actually pick up on this because they, they, when they don't answer him, part of their answer is, the people here, if we say that this is that Yochanan is from men, they're going to stone us to death. They're going to oppose us. So it's, it's interesting how Yeshua actually plays with this dynamic of both the people who want to receive what he says and the people who don't want to receive what he says. And he answers all of them in one answer, which he phrased in a question. Uh, Shaul also says this in Colossians 4, 6. He says, Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. And if there's anything... Uh, that I believe for, for myself and for all of us, an area that we really need to seek the Lord and to grow in, it's learning how to know to respond to other people. Uh, as was said earlier, uh, a couple of times now, so there's been two witnesses before I got here, uh, you know, we often, we're in a culture where it, it's all about putting people down and putting people in their place. It's all about our pride. Uh, it's all about winning the argument. Or shutting people down. I don't want to listen to what you say. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's all about character assassination. Uh, in, in so much of discussion. Or just proving a point. And it's very, very little about seeking the truth. And proclaiming the truth. And exalting the truth. Or even caring about the truth. And so we're called to be exactly the opposite of this culture that's around us. We're, we're, our speech is to be seasoned with grace as if it were salt. Salt, of course, does a bunch of things. And one of the things that salt does is it kills a whole lot of bacteria. It, it preserves, uh, you know, whatever it is. Let's say you put it in some food. It preserves that food from, from that influence that would corrupt it, that would rot it out. And isn't that the way that speech is these days? It's corrupted. It's rotten because of our flesh, because of the evil that's in our hearts. And we're supposed to be called, uh, we are called, uh, to, to season our speech with grace, right? With tares, with uh, God's favor, as if it were salt. And if we do that, which that's a decision of our will, that's something that we submit ourselves to God and to the grace that, that He's put in us. And if we do that, then we'll know how to respond to each person. We can have the same kind of wisdom that Yeshua has here and respond very carefully. Uh, to, the, to the really big needs of our culture and the people around us. The questions are big. They're big questions, even when they're phrased just to shut us down. Even when they're phrased just to paint us in a corner, they're real questions and people need real answers uh, that, that are es- essentially truth and love. And in another place, uh, Kepha, who's known as Peter, he says, But sanctify Messiah as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense, an apologia, right? Where we get our word apology uh, in, in terms of apologetics. To everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and with reverence, right? So you, you see the two parts of this. The gentleness is, is for whom? That's on the horizontal, right? Treat the people that, that you're dealing with with gentleness. And the reverence is for whom? For God. Fear before God when we respond. Because our words can give life. Our words can cause people's heart to, to burn with desire for Yeshua. Or our words can, can you know, cause deaf ears. We can be like that sword of, that Kepha himself actually wielded. And cough the ear of the, the high priest's servant. 
It's hard to hear once your ears cut off, right? And so, but, but it's something that we do as well. We do it as well. And that's why it's there uh, for us to learn. If you recall what Yeshua said, He said, put that away and He healed the guy's ear. And we're supposed to be called to that ministry. We want people's ears to be, to be open. We want their hearts to be open to receive. Uh, it's not that we can cause that, but we can at least do things that, that you know, don't cause the, the, uh, the opposite. So if we go to the next point, I think we've established uh, that Yeshua really wasn't dismissive. And as much as sometimes we, we look at these kind of exchanges like Yeshua just blew people off, the reality is that he, he was very, very uh, interested in making sure that people understood what they themselves were saying, or what they themselves were seeking, or what they themselves were asking. Because a lot of times we speak flippantly. We don't actually think about the implications of what we say. And uh, one of the things that Yeshua did to minister to people is he would reframe things back to people so that they had to understand what they're really asking, what they're really saying, what they're really implying. And that reveals their hearts. And that's something that's valuable for us to learn how to do. But just outside of that, let's just look at the question that these guys asked, these gentlemen uh, who approached Yeshua. They said, tell us by what authority you are doing these things, or who is the one who gave you this authority? So one of the questions that I wanted to, to explore a little bit is, is this question even legitimate? I mean, should Yeshua have actually just shut these guys down and said, who are you to ask me? Like, I'm the son of God. Really? You're going to come to me and ask me you know, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it? But I, I want you to see that that's, that wasn't Yeshua's attitude. It shouldn't be ours either. Uh, on the next slide... <clears throat> ah, do I, or is it a slide back? Or do I not have this printed? Okay, well, you can go to that slide. I'll just read it from that slide. So it says this. Uh, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder... And the sign or wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or of that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And so actually that for them to question him and say, Hey, whose authority are you doing this by? And, and you know, who gave you this authority? That's actually really legitimate. We are not to just listen to anybody who comes up and says, Hey, I, I've got a vision, or I've got a dream, or I've got an idea, or I've got whatever, a revelation, and you should listen to it. It's actually really legitimate to say, Well, I'm sorry, but by what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority? Um, but on the other side, so that's, you know, that's the... Uh, the false prophet, which is a real problem today, uh, and Yeshua said it would be a problem. He said in our time there would be a whole lot of false prophets who will try to take us away from the true God. And the interesting thing here is, the question is not if the sign of wonder comes to pass, right? What's the question? Does the person bring you after other gods? Does the person say, abandon God's word and come follow the world, right? Come do it our way. Worship the way we want to worship. Isn't that what everyone says? He says, oh, all the... All the, all the you know, paths are all the same. It all leads to the same place. No, it doesn't. Actually, there are two paths. And that's what Yeshua reframed here for everybody. There's two paths. There's a wide one. Where does that one lead? And there's a narrow one. And that's Yeshua's path. That's the one that he said, I am the way. Uh, and it leads to life. And so, uh, Moshe, Moses said, 
uh, in Deuteronomy 18, 18, I think that's the next one. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. This is God speaking to him. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And so there is a true prophet that Moshe said, hey, this prophet's going to come because the Lord told him this prophet's going to come. But there's also the false prophet. And so we have to actually be able to distinguish between those two. And so I think from that standpoint, it's actually really important uh, that, that we learn to apply the same question just broadly. You know, if somebody comes up here like me and starts speaking, start comparing that to God's word. And if, it's, if it doesn't compare, what does the scripture tell us to do? Hold to what's good and do what with the rest? Throw it out. Discard it. We don't need to go after lies. Uh, especially because lies usually aren't pure lies. Most lies are mixed with a whole healthy dose of truth, which can be very confusing. And we're supposed to separate fact from fiction. We're supposed to separate uh, the darkness from the light and only hold on to what's from God. Now, there's a time when uh, some prophets arose in in the midst of of, uh, Moshe and and the Israelites at that time. And, you know, Moshe's right-hand man comes up to him and says, Whoa, there's these guys outside. Uh, they're prophesying, and we never told them to, and we never gave them any authority to do it, you know, so we should shut this down, right? And Moshe had a really interesting response. And Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Right? So we do need to discern between false prophets and true prophets, uh, but we, we should all be seeking to speak the things that God gives us to speak and to be filled with His Spirit. That's actually legitimate. And so the concern is legitimate uh, and it's something that we actually, I would say, maybe it applies even more now than it ever has because we're in an age of of just incessant, constant voices everywhere saying everything. And there's a tendency to let that at least wear at us a little bit, right? Wear us down a little bit. Okay, well maybe, maybe I should go a little more to this way or probably this way depending on how you face but in any case um, you know a little to the left or the right and, and the scriptures are very clear we're not supposed to do that we need to stay right there with God's word and I, I wanted to um, apply this to us if we go to the next the next uh, slide I wanted to introduce a word that you might not use every day uh, it's cosmogony how many of you have used this word this week? I'm sure, at least a couple of you have. Uh, but this is an interesting thing. I'll, I'll show you how this uh, the applies in just a second. But I put the dictionary.com definition. It's a theory or story of the origin and development of the universe. The cosmos, right? The whole thing. Uh, it's interesting to see that when these uh, people approached Yeshua, when they confronted him, and they said, you know... Why, what authority are you doing this? Whose authority were they worried about? Their own, right? And I want you to think about this because we live in the same kind of world. It's really important to get this and understand what Yeshua did and understand how it applies in, in our interactions with this world. They were concerned about their own authority. They were the authorities. They are the authorities and they're saying, hey, we didn't authorize this. So what authority do you have? And who gave it to you? But when Yeshua rephrases the question and reframes the question back to them, and says, okay, I have a question for you. Then he frames the question as, 
Is the authority of Yochanan from heaven or is it from men? And he shows the distinction that in reality, there's only two paths. There's only two paths that exist that you can walk on no matter what you try, no matter what you think you believe, no matter what philosophy or religion or anything else that you hold or don't hold or reject. There's only two paths. You're either doing the one that we've all made up, which is a lie, and it doesn't lead to truth, doesn't lead to life, or you're walking in the path that is the truth. Because God created the, the, the heavens and the earth. That's the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so Yeshua forces them back to that reality. He says, okay, I see you're playing politics here. I see what you're doing. I see what you're trying to do. But I want you to see the, the, the world, the universe, from my perspective, as the word that it was all created through. All authority comes from one of two sources. And it's either your source or it's my source. Now, which authority are you referring to? Right? And, and we need to do that with the world around us. We need to step out of these little mini debates that the world tries to get us into about this or that and go, wait one second. The answer to that question is actually an answer to a bigger question. Right? Oh, is this right or wrong? Oh, is this okay? Is this, you know, is this now socially acceptable or not? You know what the answer to that question is? Is your authority coming from heaven or is it coming from man? That's the answer to your question. If we don't get to this cosmogony, if we don't get to where it all comes from, then, then we're just going to be in this endless debate that has no meaning. Yeah, I can think this and you can think that and the other one can think something else. Who cares? Actually, it doesn't matter what any of us think. It matters what God thinks because He created everything. But if you don't acknowledge that, then there's no purpose in even having the argument. Right? So let's learn like Yeshua to take people back and say, wait one second. You know, it's a good question. You're saying, is this right or wrong? Or you're saying, should I support this or be against it? But I want you to first answer a question. I want you to first consider something. In the beginning, what happened? And who did it? Amen. And so now let's also apply this question to us in, in our own personal lives. Which is what we said we would do lastly. Right? So we've looked at a couple things. A, was Yeshua dismissive about this, this question of authority? And the, the reality is he wasn't. He reframed it very carefully. But he absolutely cared about this. He doesn't want us to follow false prophets. And he wasn't a false prophet. And also, we said, hey, is this a legitimate question in itself? And it is. It's a question that we ourselves need to apply to our lives. Uh, and, and we need to ask this when we hear voices, when people are saying things, when people are making claims, all kinds of true claims. We need to say, hmm, where does that come from? You know, who actually authorized that? Uh, and is that in accordance with God and His Word? But we also need to take that and we need to apply it in a deeply personal way, in a day-to-day -day sense. And so this is where I wanted to end today. Uh, one of the scriptures says, this is um, Paul again, this is Shaul, he says, Whatever you do, that's pretty expansive, right? Whatever you do, in word or deed, so not even just what you do, deeds, but even in what you say. It says, do it all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks to Him, to God the Father. Now, this is interesting, because what does the word name there mean or imply? Authority. The name of Yeshua, to do something in His name, is to do it in His authority. Right? 
If I come and I say, hey, I'm speaking in the name of, you know, the President of the United States, what am I saying? I'm saying I'm speaking his authority. He's authorized me to say this. And Paul says, look, this thing about authority is really important. Everything, everything, whatever it is, everything, the whole expand. there's no concept uh, in, in the faith of having a secular life and a religious life. Right? There's no concept of having, you know, something that like, oh, this is my time with God, and then this is my, you know, whatever, my me time or something. Like, everything we do is supposed to be done, and every word we speak is supposed to be, spoke, supposed to be spoken in the name, in the authority of the Lord Yeshua. And by doing that, what we're actually doing is we're giving thanks through Yeshua to God the Father. Right? Like, the, the Son of God came and He gave His life because of our sins so that we could be forgiven and set free and be born again and new. And then He's authorized us, He's actually commanded us to do something, which is to go and to spread this good news, proclaim it to every creature. And so everything that we do, the way that we show God that we are grateful for what He's done, we recognize what He's done in our lives, is to live every single part of our lives and, every, and speak every word that we speak in the name of Yeshua, in His authority. In another place, uh, this is Peter again, Kepha, he says, whoever speaks, he's to do it as one who is speaking the utterances of God, the oracles of God in the, in the King James. Whoever serves as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things... God may be glorified through Yeshua, Messiah, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so that's how we apply this to us. We need to start asking ourselves in our day-to-day lives, by what authority am I doing what I do? We don't really ask that question a lot, do we? When was the last time you just stopped and said, hmm, you know, I'm about to do something, but what authority am I doing? Or who gave me that authority? Who authorized it? Isn't that a transformational thought? Can you imagine if we actually applied that to every word we spoke and to every action we took? We just started saying, you know what? Who authorized this? By what authority am I doing it? And I think if we do that, what we're going to find out is that a whole lot of things that we choose to do and a whole lot of words that we choose to speak we actually do it in our own authority. We do it because we feel like it. Right? And that's exactly the opposite of what we're called to do. It's exactly, God forgive us for that. May He free us from that. So that well, everything we do, in word and deed, when we're speaking, let it be the utterances of God. Let it be His word coming out of our mouth. When we serve, serve doesn't just mean serve here in the congregation it's, he's talking about work he's talking about service he's talking about what you've been called to do whatever it is it can be out at your work it can be in school it can be wherever you are whatever the, those activities that God's given you to do do it by the, by the strength which God supplies which doesn't just imply strength as in you're strong enough to do it but since it's supplied by God you're doing the right thing for the right reason. Right? So that in all things, God may be glorified through Yeshua, the Messiah, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. 
And so let's recap this. Let's walk this back because it's easy for us to miss this. We have a, a microwave culture. We like everything really fast and then we like to forget about it and walk away. The first thing is Yeshua is engaged. He's confronted by these authorities, by these people who see themselves as authorities and who other people recognize as well as authorities. And they say, hey, by what authority do you do this? They confront him. They're ready to put a stop to him. And remember when that happens to us, remember when people come to put a stop to us, when they come to shut us down, it's really, really tempting to, to kind of fight fire with fire. It's really, really tempting to have the same attitude to them that they show to us, right? Uh, for example, when, when uh, Peter, uh, when they were in the temple preaching and they were arrested after Yeshua's ascension, you know, they were brought up and they were actually beat up and they were told, don't speak anymore in this name. You're not allowed to. And what did they say? They had an interesting response, right? They said, you judge for yourselves what's right. Like, we, we have to follow what God says. We can't do... Like, so they brought it back into this exact same place. There's only two possibilities. And if we care about the truth, then we should always go back to that place. Don't let your flesh react. It's easy to say, ah, who are you? And I'll do whatever I want. No, that's not who we are. That's not what we do. That's not what we represent. That's not the name that we speak in. That's not the authority. So let's remember to do the same thing when we're challenged, when people try to shut us down and put us down. And they try to dismiss us. Let's not go back and be dismissive to them. Let's not see, oh, let's see if I can get a better barb against them than they did against me. Let's apply the same thing that Yeshua did. Let's say, wait one second. Let me, I have a question for you. Because there's only two possibilities. I want to make sure you understand what they are. Everything either comes from God or it comes from men. Everything. Everything. That's an astounding thing. So whatever we're arguing about, the, the only argument really is, are you getting it from God, or are you getting it from men? And if you don't believe God, right, then judge for yourself. I have to do what God tells me to do. Right? And then we need to also apply this same standard uh, to the people that we hear, to the voices that we hear. Right? We need to actually take this question and we need to make it a question that we ask regularly. Because we're in a culture, our, our whole culture is morally relativistic. Meaning that we think that morals are relative to kind of whatever you want. Right? It kind of depends on the situation. kind of depends on how it all is going to work out, mostly for me. Uh, it kind of depends on, you know, whatever. But that's not true. It's not true at all. The truth of what's right and what's wrong, what's righteous and what's evil, it depends on the one who is righteous. By definition, what he is, is right, and is light, and is righteousness. And what he's not, what's opposed to him, is darkness and evil. Right? And so that's the standard. And it's super important that we start applying that uh, to the voices that, that are speaking to us. Because otherwise we start to slide down into the slippery slope where, okay, well... Yeah, you know, I get it. This, this situation, you do this, and that situation, you do that. And everybody does it. And, you know, I'm sure people kind of mean well. Like, none of that matters. None of that matters. We're not here to judge people's hearts. What we are here to do is to know the truth. So that it'll set us free. And the only way we can know the truth is to do what? What did Yeshua say? If you do this, you'll know the truth. If you'll abide in my word. Right? So we've got to abide in it. We've got to live there. We've got to camp out permanently in God's Word. In the Word of Yeshua so that we know what He says. We know His heart. 
We know it intimately. And then we'll know the truth. We'll start to realize what the truth is in all these situations. And it'll set us free. Set us free. We're in a world where very, very, very few people ever experience freedom. You know what? But people really desperately want to be free. That's something I really believe. People want freedom. A lot of times they think it's not, it's not even possible. It's not even, it's not even something you can achieve, so people don't even seek it. But I want you to know that it is something that's possible. The truth of God is what sets us free. And we can be free from sin. We can be free from hurt and pain. Some of it we've caused, some of it people have caused to us, right? We can be free from all that unforgiveness and the bitterness that weighs us down. We can be free from all of that negativity and pessimism that says there's no hope, there's no future, it's never going to get better, right? Are we not in a culture that's bound by these things? We can be free from the fear of death, which is the ultimate the ultimate thing that binds everyone. It's the one thing that no matter what you believe, we all know we're not going to escape it. Right? We can be free, but there's only one way to be free. Only one way. And that's to abide in His Word. To know the truth. Then the truth will set you free. And so we need to make sure that every time voices are speaking, every time someone steps up to say something, that we apply uh, that standard. We say, wait one second. What authority are they doing this by? Who authorized it? Did this actually come from God? Is this actually in accordance with His Word? And we need to be careful about that. We need to have both gentleness in the way we deal with, with each other, but we need to have reverence in the way that we receive things from God or that we don't receive things that, that are against God. Because we're in a time where it's really tempting to just get along and go along, right? We, we've got this kind of, uh, I'm okay, you're okay culture. Guess what? I have news for you. None of us are okay. Yeah, are okay. We're all broken. The, the only thing that's okay is that the Son of God died and rose again and He lives forever. And He's the one that can live in us and change us. That's the only thing that's okay. That's the good news. That's the only good news. It, it, everybody wants to hope in something. And the things that we're putting our hope in are fake. I mean, look at what people talk about. Everybody's into health, right? Now we're all into health. You gotta eat this and you gotta use these oils and you gotta do this and that. Guys, I, I have news for you. I have news for all of you, for me too. Your health is going to fail you. I hate to be the one to tell you this. Right? That's not good news, by the way, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm not saying don't take care of your health. I'm not saying don't worry about it, but I'm saying if you put your hope, you know, in, in your local health food, whatever, you're going to be sorely disappointed. At some point in your life, it's not going to matter. And that might be today. That might be next week. I don't know. The same for me, right? So people put their health in, or sorry, their hope in, in uh, you know, their financial resources. And they say, oh, you know, you've got to invest in this, and you've got to have your 401k, and your, you know, whatever, 529. I don't even know all the numbers. <laughs> you know, I hate to tell you this too, but guess what? You know how much you get to bring out with you? Just as much as you brought in. Just as much as you brought in. That's the truth. That's the truth. As much as you came in with, which I recall, nothing. I, I was fairly naked when I came in. That's what you're going out with. Right? So your health is going to fail you. Your wealth is going to fail you. Um, you know, what else do people put their, their hope in? Political solutions. Oh, we're going to change the world. We're going to have a revolution. How many revolutions? I'll tell you what the revolution is. The world just keeps spinning around. That's the revolution. Every, every 24 hours, there's a revolution, right? 
But what we really need is to put our trust in the one, the one rock that never changes. The psalm says that, that the, the word of the Lord is settled in heaven. It doesn't change. It's settled in heaven. That's what we need to put our trust in. And the only voices that we should be listening to are the voices that agree with that. Let's be really careful because all this stuff gets ministered to us and it's very easy for us to get caught up in it as well. Right? We need to know, is the prophet, you know, who's got this sign and wonder, wow, I'm going to change your life. You're going to be so happy in 30 days if you just do whatever I say. Well, is that person trying to bring you close to God? You know, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave it to you? Let's ask that question of other people. But then let's also apply it to our own hearts. Right? That's the ultimate thing. The ultimate thing, if we want to engage with this city around us, with the people that God's put in our lives, and we want to make a difference, we want to bring transformation, we want to bring the life of God. Think about something. Yeshua said that if we received Him, if we received His Spirit, what would happen? He said that, that, that rivers of life would bubble up and come out of us, right? Living water, fresh water, refreshing water. How often are we... Uh, you know, kind of a this dead, still pool of right, and, and it and when people come in contact with it, they're like, "Ugh, that that was bitter." That you know, that's not what we're called to be. And so the answer is not to be dismissive of our generation or the next generation or the people around us. The the, the answer is not to go, "Oh, I know the truth, but these people don't." That's a horrible approach, and that's not what Yeshua did. We need to love. And we need to speak the truth in love. And that means that we need to have this life flowing out of us, this fresh water. Water that, that cleanses, that refreshes, that brings life. When people drink it, they go, wow, I want to spend more time in, in the presence of whatever it is that's coming out of you. Because that's making me, that's invigorating. It's making me come alive. Right? Is that what people say about us? And if it's not, then, what it, then what's happened, and what is happening, is that we're letting the deadness of the world, the deadness of the flesh, the deadness of the old man, uh, you know, manifests itself. And we're supposed to put those things away. We're supposed to put on new garments, right? Isn't that what it says in Ephesians 4? Put on new garments. Now we speak the truth. Now we're full of love. Now we forgive. We let go. Uh, we all have a lot of that to do because we all do a lot of sinning. <laughs> when you do a lot of sinning, it causes a lot of people a lot of bitterness, Right? And then we end up in this kind of circle of sin and bitterness, and this person did that, and that person said this, and I don't ever want to see that person again. Right? And, no, and that comes in here too. It does. I, I would love to say it doesn't. Maybe one day, but it does. So we need, it. we need that water to wash us, the washing of the Word. We're supposed to be doing that. What did Yeshua tell His disciples on that Passover night, on that Pesach said? What did He say? Wash each other's feet. Wash each other. We're supposed to be taking God's Word and applying it in a way that cleanses us. Our feet are what contact this earth, right? This world. We need to be cleansed of that contact so that we can receive from God and we can give that to others. And then the, the ultimate thing, that the goal of all of this in our lives is that whatever we do, whether it's in word, whether it's in deed, again, not just here. Take it out of the context. I think sometimes what we do that's really wrong, in my opinion, is we read the scriptures and we apply all of it in like, you know, the... The, the congregational context. It's not how it works. You realize that, right? Like that's, that's one of those things that we do in our minds, like a filter. Like, oh, okay, you know, everything I do when I'm at a time, 
And every deed, you know, every word, when I'm testifying, needs to be done in the name of the Lord Yeshua. No. Every word anywhere that I speak, every deed I do anywhere that I go, needs to be in His authority. I need to ask myself, you know, who authorized me to do this? Yeshua said, uh, He told the people around Him that He only did what He saw His Father doing. Imagine if we only did what we saw Abba doing. Wow. I mean, we probably have a lot of free time, huh? So, it, it's interesting to think about that. But it's even more important if we, we apply that to our lives. Whoever speaks, let him do so as one speaking the oracles of God, the utterances of God. Whoever serves, as one who is serving by the strength that God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Yeshua Messiah, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. Lord God, we're so thankful. Lord, for the revelation that you've given us. Lord, we have nothing to offer. Lord, we came naked into this world, and we're going to leave naked. Father, but every good gift comes from you. Lord, everything that's good in our lives is because of you. It's your presence, it's your grace, it's your love. It's who you are, your character. And Lord, we acknowledge that. Father, we want to be relevant to our generation. Father, we want to be engaged. We want to make a difference, Father, in the world around us that you've put us in. Because we represent you. You've made us ambassadors. You've told us to do everything we do in your name, in your authority, for your glory. Father, forgive us for all the things we've done and said, Father, that have not been done in your name. Or even worse, if we've told people that it was done in your name, but it wasn't reflective of you. Father, may every word, Father, that comes out of our mouth, Father, the meditations of our heart, Lord, truly find favor in your sight. Lord, may they truly be from you. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Lord, establish us in your word. Father, if there's anything in us that's not true, if there's anything in us that's not in accordance with your word, if there's any way within us, Father, that's evil, Lord God, lead us in that path. Lord, the, the way everlasting. We want to walk in that way, in the way that's Yeshua. And Lord God, we pray that you would use us, Father, as your hands and as your feet. Lord, you've called us to be the body of Messiah. So Lord, we pray at this time that you would use each one of us. Lord, that you would make the changes in us that we need to have made so that, that those rivers of water can, uh, living water can be flowing out of us. Lord God, blessing the people around us. In the name of Yeshua. Like to you. I'd like to call up the, uh, the youth band and we'll just have a continuation of worship time.